Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. This is episode 25, and I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and I'm, as always, I'm joined by my partner, Bob Lucius. Bob, hello. Hey, this is, man, this is going to be a great show, Rick. Uh, this, we, this is like an unusual show, right? I mean, this is the first time we've done this. Yeah, so we have uh, a winner of our contest on, Mr. James Foley. So we'll be talking I'm with so him. I'm so excited. Bit. Yeah. So excited for this. And we're number 25. We made it to 25, Bob. That's uh, that's pretty amazing. That's I don't know what that, what anniversary is that? Is that paper? Is that silver? I don't, I don't know what that is, but I got to get something out in the mail to you right away. I don't know, but if it's volume five, it's the death issue. <laughs> well, that's a downer, man. I know, right? <laughs> Way, way to bring it down, Rick. Oh, no. Oh, many Cricket. Yeah. No, this is going to be a fun episode. No, because we are going to talk with uh, the winner of our contest, James Foley. He is a huge Cap fan, and so we get to hear a little bit of how, what got him into Cap. Um, and the subject of today's episode was he picked, which is the uh, Captain Run by Mark Grunewald. Uh, from issue 332 to 350. Uh, so we're going to kind of high level uh, take a look at uh, that year and a half run and kind of go through those uh, issues and uh, talk about some of the highlights in that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that. Um, and if you're not uh, on the Captain America comic book fans Facebook page, you need to get there now because I'm telling you, um, starting today, we kick off the Elite Eight in our Cap Madness bracket. So this was something we started uh, with 32 Captain America artists. We narrowed it down um, in the first round to uh, the Sweet 16. And then we just completed the second round. And now we are today kicking off the third round with the elite eight and i'm a little nervous bob because um today is the last day to vote up until noon today uh for the very last um battle of round two and it's chris samney versus mike zach yeah i mean this is if you don't get in on this listeners if you're not part of this i don't want to hear any complaining when we get down to the winner because this is this is tooth and nail. This is red and claw fighting going on right now for supremacy. So you got to get in on this. Yep. Yep. It's been a lot of fun as far as uh, the back and forth and everybody giving their thoughts on on who they think uh, should be uh, the winner of that battle. And um, and uh, here we are. We're, we're now kicking off um, once once we get the uh, the results of the Samney Zek battle, we'll be kicking off the Elite Eight. Uh, and then we'll be finishing it up um, on, I think it's April 20th. That will be the last day. So make sure every day you go to the Facebook page and you vote. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, it, let, let's not just vote, but like, tell us why you're voting a certain way. Because we want to know why a particular artist appeals to you. Give us some examples. Show us your love. Yeah. That's always a fun part too, right? Yeah. All right. Um, so speaking of um, uh, Facebook page, let's get to our guest, Mr. James Foley. 
All right, Bob. Well, it's time for our guest, uh, the winner of our contest, Mr. James Foley. Hi, James. Welcome to the show. Hi, Rick. How are you doing? Hi, Bob. Hey. We're doing great. We're uh, we're excited to have you on board. We know you're a big Cap fan. Um, you have uh, been part of the Captain America comic book fans Facebook group since uh, July. So you've okay. been uh, with us for quite some time. Um, and you've been an early listener of the podcast. In fact, you were the uh, very first person to, to leave a review on Apple. Uh, so we really do appreciate that. It's a shame it was only one star. What was up with that? I, you know, I hit the five, finger most to slip. <laughs> Sorry. No, you left us a nice, nice five star review, which we appreciate. And, um, and if you're listening now and you enjoy the show, then we encourage everybody to, uh, to leave a, a five star review on Apple. So we appreciate that. And, um, so anyway, yeah, James, it's, it's, it's great to have you on here. Um, you, you, uh, you won the contest. Um, you've got stuff coming in the mail, but more importantly, you've, you are, here on the show and and you told us that you wanted to talk about uh the infamous captain series uh from um from mark grunewald back in the day you know starting with 332 to go to 350 now obviously we can't get into every single issue uh in in our time here but but we certainly do want to talk about it and um but before we do uh tell us you know what 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 got you first into cap um, so growing up, I grew up in North Florida and, uh, a few of my friends collected comic books and things. Um, and for my birthday, I believe I was 12. Um, somebody had given me a stack of books and one of them being, um, one of the books that we'll talk about, uh, 339. So I read that one. I really got a kick out of it. And then it just led me to buying different Marvel books off of that, um, set. And then I really just attached myself to Captain America, being that that American hero and, and, and going through that time where he was the captain and he had turned in the the uniform. It just really the story spoke to me um, Him being able to, to go through that hero's journey, if you will. Yeah, so we're, we're talking this was uh, early 1988, mm-hmm. February, yep. Yep. So we've got a, uh, a young James Foley. He's reading Mark Grunewald. Uh, and at the time, the, um, the uh, artist on it was Kieran Dwyer, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, great. And Ron Friends was doing the, the covers. Um, and I think that issue of 339, uh, that was the fall of the mutants tie-in, right? That had the, it was. Um, uh, the four horsemen uh, apocalypse, right? But it was famine. It was famine, yep. And, and her, her steed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. And it was cool. And you know what? Um, yeah. So tell us uh, a little bit about um, what appealed to you at that time about uh, the character, the captain, because he wasn't Captain America, but we were seeing John Walker in the Captain America uniform. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that must've been a little confusing. I don't know. Like uh, take yeah. us through that. Well, again, it was, it was still kind of new for me. I, I didn't know the characters that well background being amazing spider-man and his amazing friends and you know cap showed up in in a one or two episodes of that and and you know cartoons here and there where i'd had chances to see them um but you know just getting into the storyline so i wasn't able to get every issue at that time I, i've since then obviously i've gotten all of the captain americas from 100 to today um but at the time i was still kind of hitting missing so i got 339 
I missed 340. Then I picked up 341 when it was Cap versus Iron Man. Um, and I picked up the corresponding Iron Man issue. So that mm-hmm. dynamic between the friends and the, you know, throwing the shield back, but I'll give Tony a chance to figure out what's going on with him. So that, that was interesting. Um, it just kind of started bringing me into it and, and then picking up the, the Viper series, which is the first part of that being the end of 341 and getting into the storyline where they're going and attack, doing the terrorist attack on Washington, D.C., Mm-hmm. Um, I I did miss 343, picked up 344 with Ronald Reagan on the cover, and as a 12 year old kid, here's the captain fighting the president wearing snakeskin, and it just absolutely blew my mind that they could put that in a comic book. Well, it was it was a great time. Don't do it! Oh, it's too late. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he did it. He pulled the trigger on that one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rick, Rick, we got to, I got to point something out here. Cause you know, we're all audio here. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, James has got like a serious hero cave going on. I know. Right. I'm seeing a <laughs> lot of cap covers. I'm seeing some golden age some silver age. I'm seeing modern, you know, covers, man. This, this is, this is, this is a true believer. It might've been staged, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, it's it definitely, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's sporting the colors. Uh, the, the ones on the top, you can see, I've got my favorite artist with the covers up there. And then the ones on the rack, I put the 344 up there, but yeah, Avengers five, Captain America comics, 25, a couple other ones. Yeah. No, that's some, that's some good stuff right there. So you, you said your favorite artists, who, who are your favorite uh, cap artists? Well, I definitely voted for Dwyer. I, I hated seeing him not make it. Uh, he's one of my tops. Uh, and I actually was when we're going back through and reviewing. So we, I knew I'd uh, be able to talk about it. Uh, it surprised me that he didn't do a cover until three fifty. I had not noticed that. Yeah. They're all like Ron friends, right? Yeah. Ron friends, Al Milgram's. And then uh, three fifty was Dwyer's first cover. And he had been doing it for almost a year at that point, I think, if not more. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I'm a big Kieran Dwyer fan as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, during that time, I thought it was, um, you know, art that uh, it was, I don't know. I mean, Paul Neri was fine. I mean, you know, I, I he was he was good. But sure. Dwyer, I don't know, breathed some, some new life into it. And, uh, and, and as I was going through these issues, you know, 332 to 350 to get, you know, talking with you about this, I, I couldn't help but notice all the scantily clad, uh, women that he was doing, you know, with diamond back, uh, you know, I, I did comment on that a couple of times on my notes. Yeah. yeah I yeah. noticed Rick. I, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you <laughs> did, did Robert <laughs> changing in the, so- uh, the snake saucer with everybody sitting there right next to her. I thought that was kind of, uh, risque. Yeah. A coach uh, whip. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There was some, uh, black mama oh, with the, oh. the maid outfit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Now you're, talking, you're, talking, you're talking my language now, James. <laughs> <laughs> he likes Understand. the French made outfit. <laughs> now, here's the question, though. How does Sidewinder not notice her walking in the room? I know. It's like, He's okay. Busy. He was busy reading the financials, James. You know, I know. priorities. He didn't bother looking up. Like, uh, uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, how about that splash page? Uh, opening up where D-Man and uh, Nomad's girlfriend were Vagabond. And Vagabond's, she's flipping D-Man and uh, not wearing a whole bunch. 
and it Wortham was like, would have lost his mind. Not to cut you off, and I'm sorry, that's but right. I saw that. You, you, if you look at that anatomy and you think about it, you're like, holy mackerel! Yes. Yeah. So, so a uh, a young teenage Rick uh, all of a sudden became a Kieran Dwyer fan. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Hooks for life. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, all right. So, it, what, name some other uh, name some other artists that are up there that uh, sure that uh, were some of your favorites. I've got a copy of a Jurgens um, page. I think I, I posted that in the the fan book page. Uh, last week or when he was up for a voting um, that's my one original art that I've picked up uh, Cassidy I like a lot I got to meet him at one of our conventions up here in Fairfax mm -hmm. and got to sit and talk with him for a few minutes like I'm sitting there telling him about my favorite cover which is the one with Cap in front of the eagle mm -hmm. and um, he, he sat there and had me come around the table to talk to me for a few more minutes while he was signing books Nice, just because of the the personal story to it really did something for him that's great. Yeah. So, um, so right now you've got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of ones that have not advanced past round one in our yeah, I know. Captain America, uh, <laughs> art, favorite artist bracket. You, you got anybody still left in the bracket that you're rooting for? I think I'm, I'm rooting for Zick. I put oh, in my right. deck to get him. Rick was so fishing. That was like a, I know, a I know. fishing expedition going on. There. <laughs> I, I've been around long enough and, and hoping to get invited back sometimes. So um, some of the other ones like Jusco, we I mean they didn't make the list for the obvious reasons, but they were some other favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah Joe Jusco. Yeah, he's a great cover artist. Um I think the only one that I've got a cover of up there on the favorites wall is Kirby. So uh, yeah, we'll see how bad. he goes. Yeah, he's not bad. <laughs> he only created him. Yeah. Well, co-creator. Co-creator. We gotta With give Joe, uh, Simon. Joe Simon, you know, his absolutely due, right. So I have right. been to the museum where they have the uh, um, thing for him in uh, Rochester. Mm -hmm. I need to post that sometime in the group. Yeah, that would be great. Okay. So um, you have a favorite writer, favorite cap writer over these years? Oh, Grunwald, by all means. No questions asked. Uh, wow. But again, that was because it was so much of my childhood and growing up. I mean, it was from me starting all mm -hmm. the way through till Wade. Um, you know, that was the only guy I had. Um, right. okay. Yeah, Grunewald is definitely by far the favorite. All right. So we got, we got, uh, Grunewald and Kieran Dwyer. And, mm -hmm. uh, so that's, that's perfect. Uh, I guess for us to start talking about, uh, this, this, this series of the captain. So, um, yeah, this was a year and a half storyline where it started in issue 332, where, uh, Steve Rogers had to go in front of the commission. Mm -hmm. And they basically said, uh, listen, uh, you still work for the United States government. Uh, you, 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 you didn't die and you signed a contract. And so um, we want you to come back and, and uh, answer to us and, and gave Steve 24 hours. And he, he basically, uh, you know, did some soul searching and came back and said, you know what, I'm um, I don't represent the American government. I represent the American dream. And so I can't, I can't do this. And he turns in his uniform. He turns in a shield. Uh, he's, he's supposed to pay back a million dollars. Um, that's a, you know, side story, but uh, so he goes and then the um, he, he goes to find himself. Right. And then we've got in the meantime, 
John Walker as the uh, super patriot is um, on the Washington Monument and stopping a a terrorist who uh, was trying to set off a nuclear bomb. And the commission says, you know what? This is a just a good person to to put in the, the cap uniform, and and then that story takes off, um, mm-hmm. and so we we get introduced to uh, three of his compatriots, uh, one of them being Lamar Hoskins. We get uh, a few issues of of uh, him training, right? Uh, to because they have to they have to go through and do some training before he can put him out in the field. So he's training with Taskmaster. <laughs> yep. Um, and uh, and then he goes on to submission. So, so that's kind of like the first oh I don't know five or six issues there in a nutshell. Um, what were what were your thoughts on uh, on this this uh, the introduction of this story? So a couple of things really stuck out to me uh, going back and reading over it. Um, the fact that Cat, uh, Steve Rogers isn't in those first three issues. Um, it was all John Walker. I thought that was interesting to to go that route. Um, I did look back and and. I thought with, with what's going on with the Falcon Winter Soldier, I thought it was really interesting how much different Lamar was in the when he first got introduced in the comic to how they're portraying him in the TV show. Uh, Roberts brought up multiple times the fact that he's a, a higher-ranking military member and a staff sergeant and things like that, where in the book, he doesn't even have his high school diploma. Right. Um, he, he's a, a veteran, but uh, he, hadn't, he hadn't gotten that far, and, and they – they downplayed him and, and Mark Grunewald had made a point of that. He wasn't, you know, the super smart or the, 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 you know, guy out in front, if you will, he's more of an everyman. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, those, those were interesting to me. Um, introducing the, the watchdogs. I thought that was a unique uh, characterization uh, as a group. Uh, funny to sit there and look at the eighties and now and see how much it's still, can cross over and, and still be a, a hot topic, if you will. Yeah. Yep. It's timely. Kinda, I mean, it's it certainly, is. Or, and I timely and timeless. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think for me, uh, one of the, I think the most riveting uh, features of those first few issues of that, of that sort of captain arc was uh, as we got introduced to uh, Steve Rogers beard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three thirty-six. Um, you know what, Bob? We're in episode twenty-five. We're in episode twenty-five of this podcast series, and I have yet to put in any kind of special effects. But I swear to God, I'm going back to the editing, and I'm going to do like a wah wah wah. That, that was so went, bad. No, when he goes up against Brother Nature, man, I'm like, I was feeling that outdoorsiness, you know. How manly was he to have that much of a beard in 30 days? I know. Did you see that hair? I mean, come yeah. on. But come on. Yeah, I've done a deployment. I never made that in 45. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, are Sorry. we done? Probably are we, not. Are we done? Did we, I was hoping to go through this without talking about Brother Nature or whatever the heck his name is. It was pretty horrible. What's his name? Bro, what's his name? Brother, brother Nature. Nature. Brother, Nature. brother Nature. Yeah, brother. Oh. Birth from the earth. Okay. So, all right. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was really interesting the fact that the first three issues did not have Cap in there, uh, and yet the story was compelling. Yep. Um, you know, you just, you just, it was great. Um, you know, I, and I think, quite frankly, there's a lot of times when I, I, I forget about this, right? Because we look at Ed Brubaker, we look at Captain America, you know, when he, when he mm-hmm. died in, in volume five, number 25. And then there was all that time that it was, Steve wasn't in these series. And yep. it was like, wow, Ed Brubaker is masterful because he can make this a great series without the lead character. You know, all these other characters have stepped up and, and, and makes for a great story. And I completely forget that Mark Grunewald's did something very similar in the fact that, you know, he took Steve out of it and, and uh, made the other characters and it didn't miss a beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is Rick, I mean, I think, you know, it it was masterful. I mean, it's just, it's good storytelling, right. And it's great art and it's good storytelling, but it also is, as James sort of pointed out earlier, this hero's journey, right. So we've got two sort of hero's journeys going on at the same time, right. We've got, We've got Steve Rogers, who's sort of finding his way and what this all means to him. But we've also got John Walker mm-hmm. on his own hero's journey. And that follows a certain arc, right? Mm-hmm. I would say yes, but it's, it's poignant in the fact that it's the hero's arc to failure. It's the, the man that's not able to be Captain America and can't live up to that ideal. Right. And though he keeps trying. Like I, I, I he does. forgot about that until I reread this was that, you know, very early on and oh, I miss thought bubbles. <laughs> Can I just say that I miss thought bubbles in the comic books. And I know, editor's notes. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss those yes. because Grunewald was not shy about putting thought bubbles, uh, you know, in all the different characters, even for like the silliest side thoughts, you know, you know, just, uh, things like that. But, you know, you would, you would see John's thoughts and he would be, well, what, what would Captain America do here? You know, and he kept questioning himself and he kept saying, well, he would do this. And then he told the, uh, he told the um, uh, commission that yes, he and Lamar put on the guardsman uniforms and they busted into the bar. Like he came he came forward with that, you know, um, because he he thought, well, what would Cap do? And he did. And there are other instances like that. But slowly he starts questioning the commission. He starts questioning whether they're they have the right interest, if they're doing the right thing. Uh, he questions the the missions that the, he could be putting mm-hmm. on. And so he stops. I think at that point, trying to emulate Captain America and start doing more of making John Walker decisions, for lack right. of a better term. You know, it's interesting how, how I mean, obviously it's a, a you know, it's, it didn't happen or it happened much later, but it would have been interesting to see where he, he, where he uh, sort of evolved had not the incident happened with Ma and Pa. Right. Because he was he was maturing and he was developing and sorting you know developing a new sense of himself, mm-hmm. but he had already started his body count. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, would that have continued on one way or the other? 
you know, you've got caps at 330 something. Steve Rogers killed one person and lamented about it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Walker's body count, I think at the time, at the end was somewhere around 2025. 20, yeah. And, and, and not only by his hands, but also collateral damage, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. the pilot of the, the helicopter that right. went down, you know, would, what would have, you know, would Steve have been able to save the pilot? I don't know, but he would have certainly tried, right? Yep. I mean, I, you know, so um, so there's collateral damage going on as well. All right. So that takes us to, um, you know, the middle arc where mm-hmm. Steve is now the captain. And uh, he's he's got a... Uh, um, the crew has found him, right? So we've got uh, we've got Nomad, which is Jack Monroe. We've got uh, Dennis Dumphy, which is the D Man, Demolition Man. Falcon, Sam Wilson. Uh, we have uh, Nomad's girlfriend, Vagabond, uh, and so they uh, they all catch up with him, and they uh, decide to to go off uh, on uh, you know a couple of missions. And in the side story we've got going on is the the Serpent Society. Which um, we've got these uh, four characters that are are breaking in in Vegas, and uh, they stop them. And then they're I, I think they were actually okay with getting arrested because they wanted to meet the Sidewinder, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and become part of the Serpent Society. So there was that going on. You got this little um, riff going on between Jack Monroe, who's becoming quite the jerk. Uh, I hated him throughout it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I enjoyed Jack Monroe uh, tremendously when he was written by J.M. DeMatteis. Mark Grunewald's take on him is is taking him down a path that's uh, he's become quite the jerk. And so there's, you know, him versus D-Man. And then you get the thought bubbles, you know, of his insecurity and, and all this, uh, which was, you know, telling. Um, we get Viper. Right. We get her brought back uh, and you get to see, you know, what's going on with with uh, her, um, uh, I guess, mission to try to to poison Washington, D.C. with the water. Um, So we get this this whole story arc going on. And, um, uh, you know, so we we we, I don't know. It's interesting to see. uh, And oh, and I'm sorry. And at the same time, we see more and more of John Walker questioning uh, the missions and um and you know the, the mutant that you know quote unquote mutant that they found uh and so on so um what were your thoughts on these uh, pretty right on uh, very very well put together um i thought that the development of the the crew was unique in the fact that it's like here let me bring all of his sidekicks together and and their different levels falcon is very much in a leadership position and and able to talk to captain or steve rogers as as an equal and and say hey man you're not doing this right you should be doing this instead kind of being that that sounding board of reason sounding board of reason mm-hmm. that steve needed to hear uh demolition man trying to be that that brand new guy to, to um, prove himself as the hero and, and and like you said nomad just being the jerk um given that that strife and amongst the team um uh, treating vagabond horribly multiple mm-hmm. times he treats her um like garbage for lack of a better term um, well she's just a dame she's a skirt yeah you know what i mean yeah you I, know he's from the 50s it, and he is but 
they don't remind you of that. They don't talk about that anywhere in the storyline. At no point in that does he ever remind us that Jack's from a different time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point, James, right? Because I mean, if you're jumping into this series, yep. uh, you know, fairly contemporary to when these issues are coming out and you're not familiar with the, the prehistory of this character, I mean, if you're familiar with it, you can kind of understand that he's still kind of on this journey. Right. And, uh, but, but if you just jump in, like, you're like, wow, what is up with this guy? Yeah. And, and, and also too, he, uh, no, I, I realized he, he he was thinking of dumping Vagabond because he thought he caught her and, and D-Man together. But, you know, he's looking at Rachel Diamondback, you know, and I, what, was his, what was his thought bubble? Like, she seems like she's really available. I wonder right. if she's clean. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wow. He's, okay. he's allowed to be a jerk. He just, you know, Vagabond's not allowed to be, or Priscilla. Right. Um, and they really didn't have that much of a backstory either. You look at the, the starting dating was just a few issues before this started. Um, but yeah, iconic covers. I mean, you can't get better than the 337, which is an homage to Avengers 4. Um, mm-hmm. And then the 341 um, to sit there and, and have Cap versus Iron Man. And that'd be a throwback to that Daredevil cover. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I may be getting ahead of you. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. And you know, I, 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 I was remiss. Uh, I, we've been talking a lot about Kieran Dwyer, but mm-hmm. we didn't mention for like the first, what, seven or eight issues of this was um, Tom Morgan. You know, right. this, this was his run uh, on this. So, um, you know, he was the penciler for, uh, for that as well. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to, I think Dwyer came in at 339, didn't he? I may be off. That sounds right. Okay. Um, and then three, you you mentioned the Viper and starting her thing. I wanted to pull out that 342 with that page five with the half splash of Steve coming out of the house mm-hmm. to go see the Wakandans. Oh, with that you, giant. That was, yeah, that was awesome. That was the one I posted in the, the page for, for Dwyer is my, uh, hey, this is why you should win. Yeah. That, that is spectacular to me i'm i'm a sucker for those um uh anytime you see captain america do a lot of acrobats and you see like all the motion all you know the character bending turning whatever all on the same page i i love that stuff why did it multiple times i'm sorry no i'm gonna say we gotta then we gotta go back to the brother nature uh story rick because that dismount from the motorcycle even even sam was like holy cow how about what's up with that dismount (laughs) that was that was strong that was strong it was all right so um moving on to Mm -hmm. I, i know we're going through these fast but um moving on to kind of like the last third is is really we get to see the 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 fall of john walker right we see uh so we see the watchdogs uh, capture him and the, the death of his parents we see uh his his left wing and right wing uh coming back and and you know what he does with them uh mm-hmm. and, you know um as you said james the the death death toll is just rising and rising um so what what do we think of of this that uh you know these stories that really 
I thought Mark did a great job as far as like building up to these. And, and you mentioned James, like the Falcon and winter soldier Disney plus series, you know, there's an echo of that, you know, in the, in the yep. show, right. Cause they're building up, I think to the, the fact that uh, John's having a hard time with the pressure. Um, and I think that's really taken from, from this story. Well, and they, when they introduced him on Good Morning America on Falcon Winter Soldier, they made sure they said his name and all that. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in 341, it was the one where left winger, right winger come out there and announce his name. Um, it surprised me. I, I know it's for the plot, but it surprised me that they didn't put any kind of protection on his family mm-hmm. um, with them having that target. I mean, that's that ultimate fear of any masked hero that his family is going to pay the consequences for his actions. Um, and you see him break when you look at that issue 345, when, you know, they're in the watchdogs and the watchdogs end up shooting at him while he's trying to escape and then massacre his parents graphically. Um, yeah. And then he goes and takes out the whole squad. And, and you know what? I mean, I don't, how many of us wouldn't if we had the ability Right. And we just saw our parents get massacred. How many how many of us wouldn't have fallen into that if we had the ability to do that? It, you know, it, it's it's hard to say. You're absolutely right. But he's wearing Captain America's uniform. And, and that's I would hope that's not what Steve would do. Of course not. Yes. Yes. We we all we all agree that Steve is that North Star, you know, that uh, is, and, and that's that's what makes it so hard to wear 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 that uniform, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, of the standard that he that he sets. Um, then when you get into 346, where he goes and, and the commission sends him out there to work with Freedom Force, trying to capture the resistance. And then at the end, he reveals that his parents were being buried that day. That literally tugs at your heartstrings, that, that he's being forced to go out there and do that instead of be at the funeral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was a very powerful panel there. That's mm-hmm. at the end of that issue. Um, yeah, that gave me pause. I read that one again last night. And that, I mean, I sat on that one for a bit. And then uh, to go into the very next one with 347, where now he's looking for left and right winger um, going to their parents and their family, who you see all the different reactions. You know, one's mom almost having a heart attack. The other one's going, I don't care what you do with them. I haven't seen the bum. It, mm-hmm. it was an interesting juxtapose for that. And then they have the big fight in the refinery. You sit there and see him leave them in that precarious James Bond position, if you will, hung up with the torch to save themselves and the explosion. And, and that, that smile and then frown, no words on the page, but it spoke volumes. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, heavy stuff. And, and certainly well executed um, by the by the creative team. Now, I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta wonder, you know, uh, back when that issue came out, and and you're and you're reading through that issue for the first time, and you get to that scene, like how many, what percentage of readers thought that uh, left winger and right winger were going to be getting away and making it uh, to fight another day, and, what, per- <laughs> and what percentage really thought that like Walker was actually going to like murder those guys, right? Right. Yeah, I don't it think it shocker. was for lack of trying. Uh, again, being a, being a 12-year-old kid, that was the ones I read. And it was like, 
holy mackerel, that was a big, big deal. I, I, I remember that 30 years later, sitting there going, I, I, I'm just, wow. So what did you think of the culmination of this year and a half long story? Uh, issue 350, we have John Walker versus Steve Rogers for the mantle. Um, how that went, and then ultimately, uh, you know, the decision at the end with John Walker, uh, you know, re- returning the uniform. Um, so again, you, we almost have to, to, to look at it with the whole two issues before that with Flag Smasher and, and Battlestar and Battlestar asking Cat, uh, Steve Rogers to come and help them. You've already got Rock Walker in that position that he feels like I'm not good enough. Even my partner's asking for help to, to save me. Um, it almost felt rushed when I have that many issues building up to it. And then it's, Oh, by the way, it's the red skull and here's all the stuff he's got going on. Mm-hmm. And then because he's wearing Steve's face, Walker thinks that it's him. So you have that big fight. And then um, Walker ends up figuring out that it wasn't Steve doing it. And honestly sat there and said, I'm not worthy. You need to be it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I cannot carry this mantle. And if you don't do it, they're just going to get some other guy to do it again. So it was a, it was a great ending to it. If you will, I did feel it was just a little rushed in that regard. It was, it was the big reveal. Oh, the Red Skull's behind all of it. And he's been doing all this behind the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree with you, James. I think I think it might have been a little rushed. Uh, I thought that. I mean, that double size issue was just you know, just it was rocking, right? I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, to, yep. to see Red Skull uh, in in Rogers' clone body, you know, with Rogers' <laughs> face, and it's like what? And he was behind the commission the whole time. What a surprise, right? But you know that that those ending scenes, that those ending dialogues between Walker and Rogers, where Walker recognizes that like. That's that's the journey for him, right? He finally realized that he wasn't ready to to, to carry that mantle, and I thought, and that's that's that was a pretty powerful closure uh, of both of both of their journeys, uh, in, in at least in that instance. So uh, I was, I mean, that that's among one of my favorite issues. And Steve really did beat him. I mean, that was it was a big deal. Like multiple times, they had made the comment that he wasn't good enough because Patriot had super Patriot had beaten him. And was I off my game and things like that? Whereas no shield man to man, he did beat him. Yep. In a clean fight. Yeah. It was phenomenal. It was one heck of a story from beginning to end. I mean, um, you know, nowadays, nowadays they probably tried to do that in, in eight issues. Um, oh, it's that. Yeah. Yeah. But Mark Roomwald was able to really uh, build this story um, and to, to really, you know, make us care about the, about, about these characters, um, you know, seeing things from their, their point of view. So it was, uh, it was masterfully done. So the story is done. You, uh, you finished reading this and did you ever stop collecting Captain America after this? Or were you hooked? I, I was hooked. So the, the downside is again, like I was saying, I missed issues here and there. Cause I was going and just buying them at the local convenience store. I never had a comic shop anywhere near me. So it was, if I found them on a spinner rack, that type of thing. So I actually missed 349, 350 and 351 and then picked up 352. And that it didn't miss an issue after that. Nice. 
Um, and then you went and back, you filled them all up uh, from 100 to, to, to now. So Right. And all the way back to Tales of Suspense, I'm just missing the two Red Skull origin story issues to finish that out for me. Nice. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, James, uh-huh. you were in the Navy. I was. 20 years. 20 years. That's Obviously. that's incredible, man. I mean, 20 years. How did you manage? I mean, I was, you know, you know, I was in the Marines for uh, for quite a quite a long time as well. I did. I didn't know you're an officer until the one of the last posts you made. Yeah. It, well, you know, it's not easy. Though. All that traveling around. And, and I don't know if you were on uh, if you were deployed uh, afloat. But like, how did you keep up collecting? I mean, where did you keep your comics? How did you keep? So what? Man, that's impressive. So I did uh, my time in. I made a conversation with my mom and dad when I first went in. And said, Mom, where can I put them so that they won't get messed with? And Mom gave me an entire chest of drawers, nice cedar chest of drawers in the house. And I put all my comic books inside those drawers, which protected them from the insects and anything else. So for the first few years I was in, I would still buy books. And then I would ship them home to Mom. And she would keep putting them in the chest for me as I would get a stack of them when I was still living in the barracks. Um, again, never had a comic book shop when I was growing up or anything like that. So everything I collected at that point was either flea markets or convenience stores. Once I was stationed in Connecticut, then I got to go to my first comic book shop, which years later I got to work at, uh, for a few years. I enjoyed that a lot. That's where a lot of the cap stuff came from. Um, married my first wife. And at that point, once we got married, I brought the collection with me, uh, to our, where we were staying at in Navy housing. We only lasted six months and she trashed the house when we got divorced. Um, but didn't touch a single comic book. Thank and I, God. <laughs> and I asked her, I'm like, you broke every CD I own. You ripped every picture I have up of all my friends. You trashed all the stuff in the house. You didn't touch the comic book. She goes, no. Everything else you get mad at me about, and that's what I wanted for a reaction. If I touched the comic book, you probably would have killed me. <laughs> uh, wow. Once, once we uh, got divorced, I moved back in the barracks. I actually was able to keep them with me. I ended up talking to the barracks manager. Now I'm an E5. I've been in, um, I think at that point, I've been in almost six years. Mm-hmm. And they were like, um, yeah, you're not supposed to have these here. I'm like, yeah, but they're my comics. So they let me keep them in the barracks instead of making me get a storage unit. Um, and then when I went to my next duty station, I started using them as furniture. So they were, my TV stand was comic book boxes. My nice. computer desk was comic book boxes. And then once me and my, my wife got married and we got our places, she's always put up with that. She's always given me, okay, this is where you put your comics. And that's yours. And that's all you get. So she'll always decorate everywhere else in the house. But like y'all made the comment, this is my comic book room. Everything in here is my comic books. They don't go out that door. Right. Yep. Yeah. If they're, yeah. 
if it's outside there, it's art. So she's got some art germs. She's got some Michael Turner's things like that. Those are artistic pieces. Nice. They're allowed. <laughs> yeah. Well, God. So hey, that is a great compromise. Yeah. She's you a landed keeper. a good one. Yeah, you landed a good one there. Oh, absolutely. And she's got her own collection. She's got her own part of the database. She's got six long boxes that are all hers. What? Uh, oh yeah. What is she into? She collects everything Wonder Woman, Aspen Comics. Um, she's getting um, uh, Jim Henson's run that's coming out right now. I mean, she's still active. I'm picking books up for her tomorrow. I mean, yeah, she, now, she's still. Was she collecting when you met her? She read Sailor Moon. Okay. And that okay. was about it. She, she was... had a couple of Sailor Moon comics and Robotech. And then once we started dating and she'd go to the comic book shops with me. And then it got worse and worse. But yeah. That's awesome, man. You mean awesome. better and better. Better and better. Depends on who you talk to. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, yeah, that's great. Um, that you've you've found that that person who uh respects that about you. And uh, and oh, yeah. and I hope that, you know, for everybody, I, I know I have uh, you know, my fiance, she, uh, she's the same way. I've, I have my man cave, which is, is, is the, um, finished basement mm-hmm. and, um, three, three quarters of it is a, uh, NFL team. I won't <laughs> say who, because I know I'm just going to create enemies. Uh, but, uh, and pretty then, sure you already put that out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the, uh, the other 25% is, um, uh, is all my comic book stuff, which mm-hmm. is, 90% Captain America stuff. So, but yeah, uh, you know, it's not allowed to leave this floor. <laughs> so I get it, you know? Yep. You know, I was blessed. My kids growing up being in the shop with us, they found things that they like. They've still got a couple of books that they collect. Um, my daughter, not as much. She still really likes covers, but not reading the books as much. Um, so she'll pick up out uh, Harley Quinn. Um, last series she collected was Domino. Uh, my son's into the Transformers, um, Venom, stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, they're 19, 17. So it's, it's been going that's on awesome. for a while. Yeah, yeah that's, that's great, James. I mean, that, I mean, that's like, uh, you're like the model uh, comic family. Yeah, got to raise them right. Yeah, good job, man. Thanks. All right, James, what's, um, what kind of uh, predictions do you have for the Falcon and Winter Soldier series? So y'all made me think a lot with the whole is Baron Zemo the power broker that's got my quite make me questioning things because I thought we had seen the power broker when they were uh, going into the airport that he was in one of those limos hmm. when they all jumped out of the cars. So I thought it was just one of those nondescript guys in the, the uh, tuxedos. Um, I do think somebody's going to get taken out in, in Walker's family. More likely that that girlfriend there or whatever we met the one person mm-hmm. we met in the locker room. Um, I, I, I'm very interested. I'm, I'm curious how it's going to continue out. It has been a great series so far. I have enjoyed every episode and watched them at least twice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, it's been a, a real pleasure having you on the show. Um, we uh, we enjoyed chatting with you. Um, we know you're a huge Cap fan, and uh, you know that's that's always a, a real pleasure in in, in meeting uh, other Cap fans. So um, thank you for uh, your time on the on the Facebook page and uh, your support of the the podcast series. So um, 
you know, we hope to talk with you some more. Thanks, Rick. I really appreciate it, Robert. Great talking with you. Uh, and please keep putting them out. I, I, I do enjoy listening to the, the podcast every week. Awesome. Or twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care, James. Take care, Thanks. my friend. You All guys right. take care. Well, that was a great conversation with James. Uh, he's, he's, he's a super nice guy. Yeah, I mean, just a genuinely nice guy. And, you know, I am like fascinated. And we got to do more of these, Rick, because I got to tell you, I love, I love listening to like guys and gals tell us how they first got into CAP, you know, what CAP's meant to them and, and how they've stuck with it over the years. For some of them have been collecting for decades. Some of them have just gotten into it. But I mean, every story is unique. And uh, it's just, uh, really, it's, I, I hate that like sound like, you know, so, uh, you know, sentimental but it just it like it warms my heart man oh yeah you know i mean because you know the people in our facebook group uh, our listeners to this podcast series you know these are genuine cap fans right i mean if you're sitting here and you're listening to me and bob rattle on about captain america comic books we know the kind of fan that you are so we'd love to hear from you so don't forget you can always go to our uh, anchor page, which is in the show notes, if you need the link, and you can always go in there. And um, uh, on on our anchor page, there's a link for you to leave a, a voice message. So if you you want to call in and, and talk about uh, your favorite moment, your favorite uh, um, artist, your favorite writer, uh, your reaction to uh, anything that we say in the show, your reaction to the winners of the uh, the uh, the bracket. Uh, you know, call in. You got uh, 60 seconds to to state your case. And uh, maybe we'll play it here on the show. Yeah. You know, I, I got to tell you, Rick, that's one of the things I love about this podcast, right? Because, I mean, we love Cap. You love Cap. I know I, you know a lot about Cap. Uh, you know, I love Cap. But, you know, there's some, there's some folks out there that, uh, you know, know a lot about Cap. And uh, we're not uh, we're not coming off as trying to be experts here. We're just lovers of Cap. And we want to hear from other folks who feel the same way. Agreed. All right. So next episode coming out is going to be number 26. And that's going to be our reaction to the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, episode number five. So it's going to be the penultimate episode of the series. Uh, So stay tuned for that. We'll be uh, we'll have that out uh, late Sunday evening. um, Our reaction to that. And then next week, our episode 27 is going to be continuing the theme. We're actually going to review uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier miniseries from last year. So the five-issue miniseries uh, that came out in 2020, we thought uh, you know, it would be uh, timely to go ahead and, and check those out. So uh, we will cover those. Yeah, I you know I've read the first issue in that series, but I have not, caught, I've, I've not uh, kept up with it, but I am super looking forward to diving in and uh, and uh, devouring them in anticipation of that show. See, and that's the kind of devotion that we give to you, the listeners, right? We have to go now do research and read comic books, you know, but hey, we do it for you yeah, because love. we love you. Yeah, yeah. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, as always, Bob, I've enjoyed wrapping cap with you. Oh, it's been great. It's been great. And and again, thank you, James. It was a great time. All right. He's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast.